are now tuned into Sports Brock with Air Auntie. God, oh, there's one picture you could. Oh, this is my dad in the background. He would always be standing right by me at the starting line, leaning over the mm -hmm. fence, like, let's go. By the way, I forgot who you were talking to one episode. You were talking about 4040. Uh, yeah. And I was like, wait, I think I was with Elle because I was, I remember Mia. Mia told me, she was like, come to 4040. I must have been like definitely underage. And I was like, okay. I was and 20. Then, but like the thought of going to 40, I was like, oh, this Bitch, is my it, moment. <laughs> this is when we're going to take off. And this then we're I remember like in the corner. Yeah. It was a whole moment because that's when I got, um, my Dang. ID got turned down. That's when I met you. That was the time, the, the moment I met you. Because it was my friend... Greg, shouts out to Greg, Mega D Money. Um, oh, shut up. This is like a throwback. Yeah, it was his 21st birthday. And this was the most 2000 whatever five birthday you could have. Yeah. Um, we went to 4040 oh to celebrate, to start off. And it was the night of the NBA draft. It was a Thursday. Why because, do I remember this so vividly? <laughs> because remember, we went to Justin's afterward. And we saw Robert Ori, yes. and I stopped Robert Ori because he was my cousin's fiance played for the Spurs at the time, and they were getting married in Alabama. And I was like, you're going to be at my cousin's wedding in Alabama. He was like, how you know that? <laughs> I was like, because nigga, it's my cousin. And he, <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, we've already started, but yes. I would like to thank you. We are now, you're now tuned in uh, to episode 10, episode 10 of Sports Bra. Yeah. I am here in Brooklyn, New York with Maddox. Pause. <laughs> Everybody, please welcome Maddox to the show. Oh, there's like clapping. Oh, we, oh, we have that in there. Everybody's always so surprised about the clapping. I was an audience. Okay. Well, I didn't meet you as Maddox. State your full name. Wait, please. it's so funny. Remember the other day and I was like, Maddox, you were like, what? I was like, oh, <clears throat> you know me. I'm I know everybody. Yeah, people, call, but it's also like how you called me by my real name. Remember when I was like, wait, what's your last name? You are like, uh, for real. Um, so first name, Sharda, which I feel like it's funny. I feel like your era, 20, like 05, 08, kind of knows me as Sharda. And then I think I just... I, my first job at Def Jam, oh my God, Jana Fleischman, shout out. Shout out to Def Jam. She, I remember she, like, I was getting ready for my first day and she was like, I think we're going to call you Maddox. <laughs> she was like, it sounds like a superhero. So, you know, I always say ball is life, but with Maddox, how, what's the runner's motto? Track is life. Track is life. Yeah. Run is life. Yep. Running is mental. How long have you been running? Damn. I started running September 6, 1996. 1996, so, so you were what age? I was nine. I think it was actually, it was the 6th or the 7th. How I know this, if you look up, whatever day Tupac passed away, that was the day. I shall not fear no man but God, though I walk through the valley of death. Damn. I know. R.I.P. Tupac. I like, I literally, that was the first time I showed up. Everyone was like crying and like teary eyed. And I was like, dang, here we go. And Tupac's I, death. Yeah. You had, you sought. Right. <laughs> you found solace <laughs> in running. Right. So 96. Yeah. It's, when I say that, I'm like, oh my God, I've been doing this for so long. But it's part of me. Part of you. So the reason why I'm here with Maddox yeah. is because. I knew Maddox as a woman climbing the corporate ladder, marketing, doing all kinds of things, working. She works in sports. And then out of nowhere, Maddox is 
training for the Olympics. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's go from 96 real quick to 2017. Real quick. Uh, so, 96 to 2000, I ran with the LA Jets. Shout out to LA, USATF. Uh, I started with cross country. So, the so long actually, distance. no, let me start back. So, Summer Olympics of 96, so it was in Atlanta, Georgia. I remember watching the games like everyone else, you know, mm-hmm. inspired, seeing everyone meet, meet their goal. And Michael Johnson was running the 200 400. With the gold cleats. With the gold cleats. That was like, I remember, gold Nike cleats. So I remember he's on the podium crying. I'm like literally crying. And my mom is like, what is wrong? Like, where, where is this connection? Like, how, why are you so like emotional over this man? And I turned and I was like, I want to run. And in LA, it's like you play volleyball, you play soccer, kind of running here and there. But like track isn't like, a, a, well, I want to say it's not a big thing, but at least for her, she kind of didn't know where to even go to. So she was like, uh, okay. So she was an assistant professor at UCLA. And she's like, what better person to ask than the head coach at UCLA, the women's coach, I think like Jeanette Bolden or something like that. Um, so she's like, hey, my daughter wants to run. Where do I even go? And she's like, the LA Jets. So my mom called the coach, was like, hey, my daughter's interested in running. How can I get involved? How can she start, et cetera, et cetera. So that was like, what, August 96? So then he told her, he was like, the first practice is cross country. But it's like September, early, it's long distance. So she tells me, she's like, hey, you can run with the Jets. It's, you know, amazing track club. They're known all over the world or all over at least the country. But you're going to start with cross country. And I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's like level set. What you saw Michael Johnson do sprinting, like, this is long distance. I was like, yeah, no problem. Had you done bef- before, like, had you done any type of running or any sports before? So I was athletic, but I wasn't in like a club. So I remember being like the fastest girl and I think even fastest person, like fifth grade, right? And it was one of those like, oh, like, I might be kind of good at mm-hmm. this, but... Never did I think I was going to run or even just do any... I just was athletic. So she was like, you can start with cross country. And I was like, yeah, 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 sure. And I showed up, like I said, that first... I think it was the first Saturday in September. And Coach Woods blew the whistle. And it was basically warm up. But you had to, like, run this huge lap at Centinella Park back then. I think that was what it was called. And I was like, this is it. Mm -hmm. And that December, I made it to the... uh, I think it was junior nationals in cross country. And I was like, oh, I think I'm good at this. And then like the rest is history. So when you're in school, I want to backtrack a little. When you're in school and you're like, when did you choose like your, uh, what do you call it? Your event. Or your, event. your yeah. yeah. So I, I think because I started cross country, I always had, I realized I could run long. I didn't really, didn't really enjoy it, but I was like, okay, I can do it. So I think with the Jets really started this mid-distance, so it was like 800, 1500 meters, but then I would also be on the 4 by one So it was like, I almost felt like I could do it all, but then by the time I got to Michigan, I was like four, eight, four, six hundred indoor. So mid-distance, but running long was never like anything I even wanted to do, ever. You, you <laughs> said that ever. Ever. <laughs> you ran track in college, obviously you just said you were, went to Michigan. Yeah. Were there other schools that you were considering? It's, you said your mom worked at UCLA. Like, how did you end up at Michigan? So I applied to 19 schools. God, jeez. I, like, could, I could not make up my mind. My mom was like, okay, here's application fees. And I didn't want to stay in L.A. I was like, I got to leave. Just because I knew if I stayed, went to UCLA, USC, I would just stay there forever. 
and I applied to everywhere. I mean, FAMU, Hampton, Howard, Spelman, uh, American, everywhere. And by the time I came to make a decision between Michigan or U of M, you like Miami. And so I remember just saying, okay, if I go to Miami, I'll have way too much fun. <laughs> I just wouldn't be focused. So I chose Michigan. I went for my visit and I met with the coach, which definitely kind of so, okay, I saw at least the dream, like, okay, I can run D1 track. And it was a beautiful spring day because, you know, Michigan gets a little cold. And that was it. I just, I found myself at Michigan. And what was it like? Because Michigan, like, I went to University of Alabama for one year. <laughs> uh, so I know what it's like to be on a campus where sports is like the end all, be all. What was it like to be a collegiate athlete at a big time program? So I will say I was a walk on. So I didn't have the scholarship, but I had all the kind of benefits, if you will, of being a collegiate athlete. And it was incredible. It was like, okay, this dream and the dream of becoming, let's just put it out there, an Olympic athlete. Like you kind of start to see it actually coming to life and you're at the top of your game and everyone knows you as an athlete because you're wearing the gear and, you know, you just you feel the I think sensation of just being I don't, just an athlete, right? You really, really feel it at that stage, and I enjoyed it, but like I said, I kind of felt I wasn't at the top of my game athletically and hitting the goals that I wanted to to really succeed as a runner. So I had to quickly say, okay, do you want to really pursue this, or do you want to pursue, you know, maybe corporate America and other things, and I chose corporate America. Were you, did you run all four years? No, freshman, I literally ran, my, like, first semester. You ran your first, and then, you and then was I was like, like it's not I remember me. I ran in it like it was like a inter squad meet and I just I wasn't the fastest and I was like oh hell no I was like I'm done and I remember my mom was like you gotta give it to and I was like no I was like I'm like I'm not where I was I was so used to being in LA you was I was the Speedy Gonzalez. Just, just saying, like, you <laughs> know, was, yeah, like, was, I was like, and, you know, being on the Jets and we were like in 2000, we were the team of the millennium and like all this, you know, I think I felt the accolades, if you will, or I felt, you know, just like the great being at the top. And then I got to Michigan and I wasn't. And it's funny looking back, I was like, damn, like you just, you quit, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but at the time I just wasn't into it. So I like hung up my spice. I didn't run like again the next four years. And when I moved here, I didn't run. Like, I literally from, like, 05 to 09 did not do anything. So so then that's that's why I'm here with you. Because I am just, like, really intrigued from knowing you from 05. I mean, what is the process of hanging up your spikes <laughs> and, like, taking the train, going to work, wearing your modest flats, and, <laughs> and like, like, working in marketing, like, I know that grind because that's the same grind that I had. Yeah. To being, like, like, what changed for you? So, I got, I was in the music industry, which I think when you met me, I was, I think, at Def Jam, or maybe I was, or I was probably interning, I think, at that time. I, so, I too, interned at Def so Jam. Crazy. Damn, I forgot about that. We go back. Um... So, yeah, so I was working in the music industry, had a couple of marketing jobs, and I got laid off. And I was trying to figure out my next move. And um, the company that I now work for, I just, I pursued it. And I found myself as a pacer, which basically was helping other runners get to their goals, right? So it was like, you know, run, run groups, which you probably have seen, like meeting three times a week. And that feeling of helping other runners get 
you know, reach their full potential, meet, meet their goals was a little, not a little, it was very inspiring. And everyone around me was running half marathons and marathons. Now, mind you, let's kind of go back. I never thought about I was going to run a half marathon, a marathon, even just long distance, like five miles, three miles at the time was like, oh my God, this is not my thing. And I started to, my relationship with running changed. So it was like more of like, okay, this is a lifestyle. Oh, hey, New York. <laughs> We're in New York. <laughs> episode 10, episode 10, live from Brooklyn. Oh, my God. Um, sorry. So then, oh, I'm like, where was I? So, yeah, just with I, my relationship changed where I just became fascinated with how running made me feel. And, you know, for so long, it was competitive, it's competitive. And I started running and I was good at long distance. So I ran my first half marathon, I think April 2014. And I was like, I'm kind of, you know, you know, you just like, you do something, you're like, okay, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was. And you are, you know, running a half marathon is an accomplishment, just finishing, right? Like I, I ran a half marathon. You know, I, I'm putting air quotes. I ran a half marathon. Uh, did you finish? I did finish. I did finish. But my partner, who I ran with, um, he was drinking on his second beer at the finish line when I got there to the finish line. Uh, but yeah, I completed <laughs> 2013 Brooklyn Half Marathon. The best, one of the best. I ran that, I think, like four times. But anyways, yeah. Um, so yeah, so ran half marathon, and I just started to just get back into it. Like, I just, running became part, and I think maybe that's when you saw I was, like, posting more runs, and it just, I had to move. And years passed, and I ran my first marathon, and again, it was, like, all these little stepping stones that were like, okay, this long distance might be your thing, or it's at least continue to do it because of the feeling that I would have after completing, you know, a race like that. And what's that feeling? I always say I feel my sexiest when I'm running. Really? Yeah. Like, forget the full-on, you know, makeup, outfit. I feel my best when I am running. And when I'm finished, it's, it's just a feeling like this is mine. Like, I did this. No one else... I had shoes. I didn't have to go to anyone. Like, this is, it was all me. Do you um, listen to music when you run? Sometimes. I think the longest run I've done was like 20, I've completed was like 20 miles without music. I When I was quote unquote running, I found it to be kind of like a space of finding like inner peace and like kind of like tuning things out. So I didn't listen to music. Also, I felt, I felt like it maybe affected my heart rate in a way that might have not been... <laughs> Probably, probably was conflicting with the, my breathing and running. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I do occasionally <laughs> run, I don't listen to music. And I go back and forth because if I listen to a song, like, put on Jay, I'm, like, speeding. And then I'll look at my time and I'm like, oh, shit, like, you might need to slow down. So it just depends on depends. what I'm doing. But, yeah, running with music, running without. Podcast has been my new thing. Oprah, Soul Sunday. Yes. That's Shonda Rhimes episode. Oh my God, it's so good. Saying so yes. Good. But now, sports bra can be your go to. <laughs> uh, so then, what is the turning point from falling back in love yes. with running to I'm doing marathons to you know what? I'm about to go for <sighs> to the, the, the big dance. Yeah. Um, I would say after this past Summer Olympics, um, again, always into it. Like I said, I feel like the world, right? Just sees these athletes. At the, the biggest stage, you know, performing at the highest, um, being at the top of their game. And I was watching, 
think it was the 1500 meters. And my mom calls me and she's like, is that, you know, such and such, Brenda Martinez, Shalonda Solomon. I'm literally watching girls who I ran with when I was at, in like during jet days, competing at the Olympics. When you were a young girl. So I'm like, literally, and no, I'm not even like, I was crying. I was like, this is amazing. Like, I ran with these girls. Like, Shalonda was on my team. And to still see these women, and I know how much time, dedication, all of that had, like, to get to there. We're now 20, what, 16? And it was just amazing. So I just, that feeling was like, damn, like, that is just incredible. And I was moved. And so after the closing ceremonies, I called my mom. I have lots of dreams. And I called her and I was like, I think I'm going to train for the Olympics. And she was like, oh, okay. Here's one another crazy or, you know, kind of audacious dreams for you. And I said, no, no, no. I think I'm going to actually, like, pursue this. And she's like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what event? Because she was like, let's start there. And I was like, I don't know yet. <laughs> let's figure it out. I want to get back into competitive shape. So whether that's, you know, from strength training to finding a physical therapist, yoga, just doing all of that. And I used 2016, 2017 to just get myself into that shape and had set goals, met them. And I was like, okay, now you're ready. But let's just, <laughs> let's just really talk about yeah, it. Let's, mm-hmm. It's the difference between running is my hobby. It's how I stay fit to turning your body into a machine, a machine. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's I, that process? I mean, the investment monetarily, the the sacrifices of like you know diet change of not seeing your friends as much. Like, what was yeah. the what's the process? Like, how quick was the turnaround from crying in front of the TV at the Olympics to being like, boom? You know what? I'm 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 making the change. It was. It's funny. I've thought about this a couple of times. Like, how, how did it happen? I think it just happened when I'm focused on something. Like, if I really, really want it and I'm like, this is it. My mind control and my just focus, determination. Discipline. Is, it's, I would say that is my one of my gifts. And so I started. And it's funny. I was looking back at a post I did on Instagram. And it was the first what Monday or whatever after closing ceremonies. And it was like, hashtag Road to Tokyo. Ever since that moment, I just really saw that goal, like, far. And again, it's like four years. But then I started to kind of slowly just backpedal and say, okay, what do you have to do now, today? What do you have to do in the next year, next year, the next year? And I just started putting goals and found a gym to work at, started just upping my training, talked to coaches. Like, right now, I'm still figuring out what coach I'm going to work with or what team I'll run with. But I just started to really look at the entire process of an Olympic athlete. So to your point, the diet, the rest, the physical therapy, the recovery, like all elements of running outside of running, if that makes any sense. What was your diet like before you started this road to Tokyo? I would like to say it was healthy, but it wasn't. I think I was eating what I read about. What oh, avocados are healthy. I was like, okay, avocados, and it was like, oh no, like this. So you were you were healthy-ish. I was healthy-ish for sure, and it's funny. I've kind of like always. I was like, oh, mastering the lifestyle of a healthy-ish. You know, um, you are from LA. (laughs) California. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to LA for setting the foundation for this, and I think I just started to get so I was plant-based. So you know, I was. Mainly, I think as you know, when I started, I was pescatarian. So I was, you know, eating healthy, trying to eat my salmon, eating my vegetables. And then 
slowly learned about plant-based diet and then I saw a documentary around vegan lifestyle and animal cruelty and what the hell litter no it was like it was like a documentary in like a documentary like I think four individuals were like crazy meat eaters and they were trying to do like go to a vegan lifestyle and in the movie or in the documentary, they're watching about animal cruelty. And I was like, oh God, like I can't do this. It was around like, you know, chickens and cows and everything and cold turkey. Went to Trader Joe's, re just like looked at food differently. And then I never looked back. How long ago was this? About like a year, year and a half. So even with this increase in workout and trying to build muscle and, cause you know, they say athletes need protein and all the things. In quotes. Yeah. Yes. Um, no meat for you. <laughs> I used to be one of the people I would like track my, had the different food trackers and I'm like, okay, I need this amount of protein, this fats and carbs. And it was exhausting. I was so stressed out and my friends thought I, were cra- I was crazy because every time I would go out, I'm like, okay, I need this. And I got to a point, I was like, I'm going to eat for, almost live to eat. So I'm going to eat vegetables. I'm going to have oatmeal. I'm going to have grains. I'm going to, you know, I just started to eat how I feel and I don't track that and I've been fine ever since like knock on some wood and what was the reaction from your I mean obviously your parents support you um they've been supportive since you were beyond since you were a youngin beyond what's been the uh what was the support like from your friends I think some of my friends thought I was crazy but they were like I'm for it you know I support you I don't think, well, this is again just my just observation. I think my friends were like, okay, this is what you're doing. We support you just because we were your friend. But it wasn't until I started running more races, they were seeing I was putting in the effort where I remember one of my friends was like, oh, I'm buying a, a ticket to Tokyo now. Like she was ready. So I think a lot of people were supportive and the training for the Olympics is something you don't hear people saying, right? You see, oh, I'm starting a business. I'm trying to go back to school, right? I want to do this. But when you talk to them, like, oh, what are you up to? Oh, I'm training for the Olympics. Or I'm, you know, trying to get to Olympic trials. You're like, wait, wait, what? Like, I'm sorry. Because, girl, you got a job. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I've like, seen you. Yeah, you know, like, huh? How do you? And most people were like, how does? How do you even do that? What's the process? Like, people were just. How do you apply? Like, <laughs> one of my friends. I know, exactly. <laughs> Where do you, what website do you go to? And one of my friends. It was funny. He was like, "That's like a that's like someone you meet saying they're a superhero, and you almost laugh, right? And because you, you're like, yeah, like that's funny.' But you're, and then somebody's like, "No, for real, I'm, I'm a superhero," and you're like, "Oh, okay." Like, and you're intrigued. You want to know more about it. So I think the more I talk about it, and I'll be honest, the more I talk about it, I get more comfortable saying I'm training for the Olympic trials. Also, to level set, my dream is to make it to the trials. Making the USA team would be an incredible, you know. Um, um, milestone for me, but definitely to get to the trials. But I think the more I say it now, I believe it. And the more I talk about it also, it's, I have to back it up with the work. So I think at the beginning I was very much like, Oh yeah, not really. Or people would ask me and I'm like, mm, yeah, kind of now my response is, yep. Sure. I am. Yeah. I mean, from my, from the outside, because I am a person who has, has seen you for a while. I remember you noticing that you were running like because I think this is when I was uh we were doing like flag football and you were working I'm like this girl works out all the time she runs all the time but then I remember the the moment I saw and I could see a physical change in your body and I was like damn she looked like a fucking muscle (laughs) what were the what was the reaction to you like 
physically when your friends would see you and they hadn't seen and they saw like your body change? You know what? I think when people started to see me, they were like, oh, this is for real. Like you, you're not just out here having fun and thinking this is like, you're really taking the steps to up your game. And I think also seeing the results, like with anything, once you see, you're like, oh, okay. And you get, you're not stuck, but you're, uh, you get used to that feeling of just seeing your hard work pay off. And yeah, shout out to the gym. To the gym. <laughs> Maddox is also crazy because Maddox runs. <laughs> Most people in the winter will seek a treadmill. Oh, no. They will not battle the elements. They will find an indoor space. Boring. You were running during the bomb cyclone. When I got stopped by the fox. Fox News stopped me. The lady was like, uh, I'm sorry, why are you running? And I, I think my response was, it's Thursday. She looked at me like straight face. She was like, what does that mean? I was like, it's another day. Uh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> I mean, why not a treadmill? <laughs> treadmill is the worst. I mean, again, personally, these are my own thoughts. I just running, and usually I run, so now I run for a duration, right? So I'll go out for, it could be, even if I'm, it's a light run, 25 minutes to... 90 minutes, 120 minutes, whatever it may be. But running 90 minutes on the treadmill, it's, that doesn't... It's painful. Yeah, like, absolutely not. And I think definitely when it was, like, what, negative 2 and, you know, 5 degrees, there's something probably crazy, but there's something satisfying for me to just know I'm the only person, at least, that I see out here. It's cold, doesn't mean anything. I'm still getting it done. And it could be wind chill, you know, 30 miles, whatever it is, I am still out here. So I'm a little crazy, although I do have some great layers. So everyone's like, how are you even doing this? I'm like, my layer game is I crazy. Saw, like, I saw I think like it, 20 garments. It was like, duh, duh, duh. like literally it's like, the. it's funny. Actually, my base layer is like nylons. And then I put my tights and then I have my long sleeve and then the aerolock vest and the shield jacket and this. And then my face mask and hat, gloves, two pairs of gloves, two pairs of socks sometimes. Thanks. I literally, I don't feel it. The only thing that gets cold is my hands. And I have to stop after like an hour and a half because I'm like, okay, you can't. It's fingertips going to fall Right. Off. I'm like, it's five degrees and you're, you've been out here for an hour and a half. Go home. So. What's worse, the running in like super hot summer or super cold winter? Damn, I never thought. Um, super cold. Because when your hands get cold, girl, I, it's painful. Like, there's times I'm like, my fingers are gonna, I'm gonna take off my gloves and my fingers are gonna Your fingers gonna be still be inside? <laughs> I'm like, oh, there we go. So cold for sure. But you do it. So maybe we need to work on a glove, a run glove. Let's go, please. <laughs> tap, tap. Tap, tap. <laughs> What is it like to be working a real job and decide to become a prof- train like a professional athlete? Like, how does that interfere, conflict with work? So when I started to pursue this dream, I told myself, you cannot let this interfere your work. Like, you need to, I call it the Kobe mentality, compartmentalize. You have to, when you're at work, that's work. And when you leave the office, that's your time to get your train on or before. So I want to say maybe about a year ago, I started to use my mornings. So I decided, and I wasn't really a morning person, but I would wake up kind of early. So I decided to wake up around 5, 5.30 and give myself two hours. And those were two hours that it was my time. So nobody was sending emails. I didn't necessarily need to respond to people 
because everyone's sleep and, you know, getting ready for the work day. And I use that time to meditate, to pray, to work out, to have a nice breakfast. And it's just, it's part of training for me because I know every morning I start off with that time. So I go into the office knowing I put in my work. I did my, you know, five mile tempo run, or I did my eight miles before even getting to work. So yeah, it's hard at some time. Like, oh my God, there was one day, that's just funny. I, I didn't get into a race that I wanted to get into, or there was some kind of registration craziness. And I had, I was pissed. Like I had an attitude all over my face and I walked into the office and it was the first time I felt the emotion of training trickle into work because, Spillover, yeah. oh my God, I had, and usually at work, I'm bubbly and you know, in talking to everyone and I was in a funk and I remember talking to my boss and I like broke into tears and I was like, I'm so sorry, this training, like I'm feeling just the result, or not even the results, but the effects of it, right? Just the, cause I had trained so hard for this race and I didn't get in. So it was like, oh, like you just, agony of defeat is this something you have to tell your your job no I think people figured it out people figured it out and again I think when I first started this dream or going down this journey I didn't tell a lot of people because it's like again when you put that I'm gonna do this and you put it out on social media and everyone's like oh so how's that uh how's that going yeah yeah so it, so part of you know was I didn't want to you know scream from the mountaintop gay this is what I'm doing blah blah, blah. but so I my coworkers, I think they now are like, really? Like, they'll see me post something at like 6 a.m. They're like, really? You did that before going to work? And I'm like, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Shout out to my coworkers. They're amazing. My job. Wait, what's, do you still wake up at 5.30? What's so funny? I actually now, I'm starting to wake up at 5. You wake up at 5. 5. Got a hard bedtime? Oh, 9.30. I'm like in the, tucked in. Well, that's my... Obviously, my dream to be tucked in. I mean, sometimes work is demanding, so I might have to stay up later, which I think I catch up on sleep on the weekends, or I might sleep a little bit later, you know, or sleep in, but uh, 9.30 is the sweet spot. So just some questions for people who are listening to this, to episode 10, episode 10 of Sports Bar here with Air Auntie. Again, Maddox, thank you for taking flight. Um, some things you might have had to cut out. Do you drink? I drink... On occasions. I drink to celebrate because I started to notice I was drinking just because. So, you know, happy hour, like, oh, it's Thursday, it's Taco Tuesday, which again, Taco <laughs> Tuesday. Any like, excuse, any excuse right, to like, drink. Oh, it's, you know, the bomb cyclone, whatever, right? And everyone's like, oh, it's this. And I started to like almost step back and say, do you really need to drink? Like, are you, can you still have fun without drinking? And I started to just notice all the times I would go out and it was social. And again, drinking is most of the time social for people, at least I hope it is. But I just started, I was like, why why are you even doing this? So now I drink, someone gets married, it's my friend's 30th birthday, you know, my mom, I'm with my, just my family, I'm having a time, it's Christmas, whatever it is, but I I drink with intention. Intention. I put my namaste. And what are some other uh, restorative practices that you have um, start you picked up to help your your running your body. Definitely, the waking up early was that was a huge shift for me. I had to really look at those two hours as again. I my feet hit the floor. I say my prayers. I meditate. I get ready for my workout, but also the day. I started to now thank my body after I run because it's one of those like, 
you're just you're blessed to just have the ability to get out there and do something well. Um, I think another big transition was finding a physical therapist. So she was very much pushing, you know, the time you don't run is the most important. So your sleep, your nutrition, the compression sleeves, which I do after a big workout or just getting the massages. I go to like a Chinatown spot where, you know, find a, a cheap spot, but at least I get it in. So I think it was taking care of my body holistically. So mind, body, soul. I got baptized. That changed everything. Yeah, it's a Sunday. <laughs> it is a Sunday. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think all of those elements or all of those pieces of me started to come together. And it's funny, I was talking to a friend and she's like, you've changed. And I used to like, not hate, but when someone would say that, it would kind of just make me cringe a little bit. But now I'm like, yeah, I have changed. Like I changed my lifestyle, changed my mindset to do this. And I think it ultimately is who I am and who you know I need to be and all those things. So I just happened to be training for the Olympic trials. To anybody who's listening to this, right, who's considering making any sort of change what is it what would you tell them from somebody who's made the change like any advice like people who I'm I'm thinking about doing this but I don't know Uh, I've been contemplating what kind of advice can you give them about getting over the hump I think so a few things I think understanding what that change is So is it health? Is it working out? Is it spiritual? Really keep asking yourself why, 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 why? And I think when you continue to ask that why question, you'll start to, I think, have a a different idea, thought of why you are, why you want to do something. So I would say that because a lot of people are like, oh, I want to change my diet. And my first question is, well, why is, are you trying to get you know, change your body type or use it for, it's for health reasons. Because I think when you start to understand that you can go about it a different way. I think writing things down. So I started to literally write out the lifestyle that I wanted to live from. It sounds so crazy, but I literally would write out, okay, wake up five o'clock. I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Like literally my entire day, my practice routine. And it's funny the other day I was looking at the list and I was like, oh shit. I do that. Like, it's just, it's clockwork. So I think, and that allowed me to just be disciplined and to just have that practice. And I think the biggest thing, I guess maybe my advice is to understand the ritual, the practice that you need to do to get to where you want to be. So with anything, and I, you want to own your own business, if you want to run a half marathon, if you want to um, be more creative, be spiritual, whatever it is. There's a practice behind that because it's not just going to come, oh, let me just do it here and there. You have to every single day work at it and work at it outside of what that thing is. What keeps Maddox going? My grandmother. Nana! <laughs> she just lit up. I know. Oh, she's probably calling me now like she's in an Uber. <laughs> um, yeah, she's 92. Um, she had a stroke um, this past or last June. And it was a wake-up call for me, and I think a wake-up call for our family, because she was always vibrant and healthy, and the stroke, um, I just so much was revealed, I think, in that moment. I saw her, I saw she needed me, I needed her, um, and I saw her 
push through to recover. And the, you know, she had a physical therapist and I remember, God, she was like in the hospital and she said, I think I was going to run a race. I was running a 5K because my mom was in town. And she called me to her bed and she's like, you're training for the Olympic trials? I'm training. And it was one of those moments where I just, she keeps me going. Like just knowing that she's fighting and I never forget the times I was running after her stroke, I was bawling, you know, running. And yeah, she just, her spirit, her energy. um, I think anyone who knows me, she comes first. She's my first love. She's, you know, I, yeah, she's my everything, everything. When are the Olympic trials? So the Olympic trials are in uh, end of June 2020, which is so crazy. Um, So the process now is to run a certain time to qualify for the trials. And it's funny, I haven't, (laughs) as I look for a coach and a, a training partner, there's probably so much more to just that than... Um, or more than I know, you know, okay, this is the process, you know, you have to do this, do that, do that. But I'm kind of, it's like when you go into something just for the first time, you don't know. So you just, you're like, all right, like, let me just you go with what feels right. Yeah. You know, so I know the times I need to run. I know when I need to run it by. And that's all I'm focusing on. And I don't go out every run like, okay, the Olympic trials, Tokyo, mm-hmm. because that's exhausting. Like it's just, or yeah. daunting more so than exhausting because it's so far away. Mm-hmm. So you can almost get relaxed. You're like, oh, it's 2020. <laughs> I got it. I got time. <laughs> right. You know, like you're like, oh, cool. I can just, you know, kick back and, and chill. And, and sometimes I'll tell myself, I'm like, you're getting a little too relaxed. And so, you know, but um, yeah, every day I set goals every day. So the next two years, Shifting gears. Yeah. Even more intense than... Oh, my God. Yeah. It's definitely training-wise, getting into more races, just getting my, you know, it's funny, you can almost build your resume, you know, within the running community and trying to win races. Like, my next goal is, okay, I want to win a marathon. Like, even if it's somewhere in, like, Vermont somewhere, but I want to cross the finish line first. And I want to, you know, run this time in the mile, and I want to run this time in 5K, half marathon. And, yeah. Sheridan? (laughs) I'm sorry. Maddox? Here at Sports Bra, we would like to extend all the positive vibes and energies towards your goal of making the Olympic trials. We will be watching. Love you guys. We will be tuned in to your road to Tokyo. I need signs. I'm a big signs person. Make signs. Send them to the DM. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for taking Thank flight you. with me, Air Auntie, on Sports Bra. Until next time.